I hope that as we work through this beatitude this morning, we'll come to understand a little bit what mercy is, what Jesus is saying, know how to answer those questions, and know what it means for God to really show mercy. Blessed are the merciful. Well, what is mercy? I think mercy can be defined in two ways. One, mercy is showing practical help to those in need, showing compassion, showing kindness, especially to those who are in trouble. In church, often we call these things mercy ministries. Some of our mission partners are involved in mercy ministries. Um, Anna, we should have prayed for Anna, forgot to pray for Anna. We need to pray for Anna, struggling to find support. Please pray for her. But she works in Sierra Leone, um, seeking to bring mercy to disabled children. John Fenning has just returned from working with vulnerable children in South Sudan, bringing mercy to those who are in physical need and social need. There are, of course, charities all over the place, and many in Oxford, who aim to meet the physical and the mental, the social, practical needs of the community around them, reaching those particularly who are vulnerable. Mercy, of course, doesn't have to be shown in organized charity ways. Anybody can show mercy to someone who's, who's in need. And let me take opportunity to thank you who have shown mercy to us in the last month in cooking us meals um, as we've taken care of our newborn baby. It's a great help. It's a great act of mercy. So that's the first way. Secondly, mercy can be defined as forgiveness. To show mercy to someone who has offended you is to forgive. In that sense, it's not giving them perhaps what they may deserve, but it's returning the offense with love. It's not retaliating in anger. It's not answering back with harsh words that have been spoken to you. It's not harboring grudges and bitterness. It's not giving the silent treatment. But it's also not thinking judgmental thoughts to others who have messed up but being merciful. So practically, showing mercy is helping those in need, and you could say spiritually, mercy is forgiving those who have offended. However, as well as mercy being meeting needs of the body and the mind, I think mercy is completed, it's made whole by showing meeting needs of the soul. Anybody can show mercy, and of course many people do, but if the greatest need of humanity is the forgiveness of sins, then not everybody can show that mercy. Not everybody wants to show that kind of mercy. Think of Jesus and his life, his ministry. He was characterized by mercy. You read in the New Testament, Jesus spent so much time healing sick people, delivering people from demons. He spent time with the, the, the outcasts and the poor and the sinners. He modeled a life of mercy. Often it was questioned and, and, and called up against. On several occasions, we read of people walking down the street, shouting to Jesus, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. And he would go out of his schedule and he would show mercy. Jesus showed mercy on the body and the, and the mind, but his priority was showing mercy to the soul. 
Whenever he spent time healing people and delivering from demons, he spent time preaching the gospel, telling people about the kingdom of God that is coming. Remember when those four men brought their paralyzed friend to Jesus through the roof? Jesus healed him, of course, but the first thing he did was to forgive his sins because that was the greater need of the man lying on the mat. We read a couple of times in Matthew's gospel that Jesus saw the crowds and he had compassion because he saw that they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he showed his mercy by turning to his disciples and saying, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send workers into the harvest field. So mercy is showing help to the the body and the mind, and it's completed by showing mercy to the soul. Perhaps a small nuance to our definition, but I hope it will help us to understand what Jesus means here when he talks about mercy and the people who are merciful. And so who are the merciful that Jesus speaks about? Jesus is describing a person who's characterized by mercy He's not talking about people who just do one-off acts of mercy, but he says the merciful, people who are known for their acts of mercy, a life of mercy, who regularly and persistently show it. Now, I know people who are like that, Christians and non-Christians, but we need to remember the context of the Beatitudes, otherwise we may get confused. You see, Jesus isn't You need to understand that Jesus is not talking about just anybody showing mercy. But as with all the Beatitudes, he's talking about a way of life, kingdom living. He's describing the believer, the follower of Jesus. They are those who show mercy. Remember, the Beatitudes are not a step-by-step guide to becoming a Christian. If we show mercy, God will have mercy on us. No, no, they're a description of what it's like to be a Christian what it should be like to be a Christian. And as we've been through the Beatitudes over the last few weeks, and particularly the last couple of weeks, there's been this call, hasn't there, for those who don't believe, who who don't trust in Jesus, to come and put into practice these Beatitudes, to become a follower of Jesus. And some of these Beatitudes so far have been, we've been able to do that because they've, yes, they've been the character, the attitude of the Christian But they've also been the attitude of the one who should want to become a Christian. But the emphasis of the application is for the believer. See, for example, the Christian last week, as we saw, should hunger and thirst for righteousness, to be right with him, to grow on living righteousness, to seek righteousness in society. That is the main application. But for someone who wants to become a Christian, they also need to be in a state where they're longing for the righteousness of Jesus. And our longing comes from God showing us our spiritual poverty and us mourning for our sin. But this beatitude, it doesn't therefore mean that simply anybody who shows mercy will receive mercy, ultimate mercy from God. Such teaching, mercy meriting mercy, would completely undo grace, wouldn't it? would mean that if we just do good works, God will save us, that will undo grace. 
it would probably mean that none of us would become Christians because all our mercy is tainted with sin and so little. Now, mercy, the merciful here are described as those who have been shown mercy from God already. And to be merciful, Jesus says, is just the next step in the flow of the Beatitudes. The one who is poor in spirit and who mourns over their sin. The one who is meek to others. The one who's seeking to live righteously. They are those who show mercy to others. A mercy that comes from a response of what God has done in their lives. So, who are the merciful? They are those whose lives are characterized by mercy in response to God's mercy. So ask, I ask this morning, are you one of the merciful? As we've been describing the life of a believer, the first few Beatitudes, the focus has, has been on that attitude towards God. We've been reminded of our sinfulness, our spiritual poverty before him, that we have nothing to offer. We've mourned because of our sin, the sorrow of the damage that is done to us and to the hurt towards God and towards others. We've been exposed to our need for Jesus, for his righteousness. The Christian is shown mercy from God because they have seen it at the cross in the Lord Jesus. And as a response to God's mercy, they live lives of mercy. God will not show mercy to those who do not see their need for mercy. Wasn't it Jesus who said that he came for sinners, those who know their need? He didn't come for the righteous, those who thought they were okay. He said, for it's not the healthy that need a doctor, but those who are ill. And so do you know that you are ill, spiritually ill? Do you know that you are in need of God's mercy? Think of Bob, our friend. Bob believed that God would show him mercy at the last day just because he was a merciful guy. His focus, he lived his life focusing on other people's needs, which is a good thing. But he neglected his greater need, his greatest need, the forgiveness of his sins. Our need for God's mercy is so great that no amount of mercy giving will ever make up for it. Salvation actually has nothing to do with our good works without balancing our bad works. We're in a broken relationship with God. And so therefore, as the prophet Isaiah says, and I paraphrase, even our merciful acts are like filthy rags. The concern for all of us is that the one whom we have need mercy from the most is the one whom we have offended the most. For in our sin, we are under his condemnation and his wrath. We may be doing pretty fine on the outside. We don't need mercy from other people. But on the inside, all of us are rotting away. We are rebels. We naturally reject the good things that God has given to us, and we therefore just deserve nothing but judgment. But, as Paul says in Ephesians 2, but 
because of his great love for us. God, who is rich in what? Mercy made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you are saved. Mercy, like righteousness, is the characteristic of God. It's, it's what he's about. The Lord's gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. God in the Lord Jesus Christ poured his wrath on him rather than on us. Jesus bore it on the cross so that, as Titus says, he saved us, not because of righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. We were all sinking in the mud. No way to get out. But he stepped in and has dragged us out. We do not want to be in God's bad books. For one day, his wrath will run out. And they will be poured out on those who have not come to him. We can't merit mercy from God by the mercy we show to others. It is a gift by grace through our faith in him. So what does mercy look like then? Jesus talks about the merciful. What does it look like to show mercy? Well, we've defined mercy as showing practical needs to those who, are in, who need help, offering forgiveness to those who have offended us. And as we've just thought about the mercy God has shown to us, surely mercy should just flow from us as Christians, shouldn't it? We should want to show mercy. It should be a natural response because of what Jesus has shown to us. We didn't deserve it, but we've been shown it. We want to help others. We want to meet those who are in need. It should be a joy of our heart to see those who have once satisfied. But let's be honest. We don't always want to show mercy. It's actually hard to show mercy. Maybe we're like Betty who has been offended by somebody and it's hard to show mercy. Have we not been shown mercy for far greater things by God? There needs to be meekness, knowing that we are sinners too. We need to trust God that he will have justice if that is what's needed, but for us, we need to show mercy. It's challenging for poor Bella, who is showing mercy and help to those who don't or ungrateful for it. But when she remembers from where God has brought her, for how long it took for her to finally repent and give her life to God, for the patience that God showed her, for the mercy that God showed her, she is willing to be patient with those who turn their back on her. Because Jesus Christ died for sinners. He died for us when we were his enemies. Showing mercy is hard, but showing mercy is, is our faith in action, isn't it? And James talks a lot about faith in action. He says that religion, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows. And in chapter 2, James talks about the fact that if we do not show our faith by our deeds, then do we really have faith? 
Mercy means getting our hands dirty, doesn't it? It's, it means getting uncomfortable. It's giving of ourselves. It's giving of our time, of our resources, of our money. It's, it's putting faith in action. And so if we are not compassionate to those who are in need, what does it say about our faith? But perhaps you're someone this morning who wants to show mercy. You want to be able to help people, but you're not quite sure where to start. What about Modern Road Church? What sort of things does the church do in terms of showing mercy? I think there are those in the church who are involved in Christians Against Poverty, seeking to help those who struggle financially to overcome their debts. There are those who help and support those who are in need. A silent welcome, it's not a, a work of the church, but it's a work that goes on in the church building, and there are people in the church who, are help, who help supporting and working for them to provide food, to provide a welcome to those seeking asylum. There are those involved in helping vulnerable children. And there are those who are part of an email group called Health Tofts, offering practical support for elderly people who need it. Maybe you could join the Help Tofts email group. But of course, joining charities and serving in organized ways is good. But there are countless ways, surely, that we can show mercy. I think a good place to start is Matthew 25. Don't, don't turn to it. That will distract you. <laughs> Matthew 25, Jesus is talking about the sheep and the goats and the difference between them. But as part of that, he talks about what it means to show mercy. He talks about feeding the hungry. Providing for those in need, like clothes. Visiting the sick. Visiting those who are in prison. All different acts of mercy that are shown as a response to those who have already been shown mercy. And the point Jesus makes in Matthew 25 is that those who do not show mercy don't show it because they've not been They've not received it in the first place. But we need help, don't we? Let's pray that God, by his spirit, will shape within us a heart of mercy that, that overflows with kindness and compassion for people around us. But of course, as we show mercy, as we offer our practical help, as we give our money, May the love of the Lord Jesus be there with it. May Jesus be our motivation. May the love of Jesus be our explanation for why we show mercy. If Jesus is our motivation and our reason for why we show mercy, then, then when we meet difficult people, when we see the needs of those who are different from us, when, like Bill, we're trying to decide which charity to give our money to, what matters most is that the person or the people that we're reaching get an opportunity to hear of the mercy of God in Christ and that they too would come to receive his mercy. Bill decided to give his money to causes dear to his heart, not linked with the gospel, and that's fine. But his priority was to give his money to gospel ministry because he wanted to help people in physical needs, but he wanted the gospel to be right there 
alongside it. Anna and John are involved in mercy ministries. Yes, to help those in need, but, but mainly because they want to see Jesus come to the lives of those that they are reaching. And friends, it's through the acts of sacrificial mercy that leads or has led the lonely homeless man, the loud, obnoxious drunk, the single struggling mother, the frail elderly person, to ask the stranger, why? Why do you show such mercy? And their answer is not just because I want to help you. Their answer is because I first have been helped and shown mercy from God in Christ. And I want you too to know that mercy. To the merciful, Jesus says, they will show mercy. They will receive mercy. Sorry. And so how? How do they receive mercy? Well, as we've been thinking with all these beatitudes, there is this element of a now and a not yet fulfillment to the blessing. And the now aspect of receiving mercy is the I think it's just simply a natural byproduct of showing kindness and compassion to people that maybe it will be returned. There's no gospel promise, of course, in that. But if you've been shown mercy by somebody, they're likely to remember it and, and return it. It doesn't mean that we only show mercy to receive mercy. No, we should actually show mercy to those who, who can't show it back. But these are blessings of living a life in the kingdom of God. If we want the kingdom of God to come on earth, for it to be seen, for it to be attractive, and as we live out the kingdom of God, it will become true. As we live life as it always should have been, under God's rule, following his ways, loving one another, God is a good, a good and perfect God. He's merciful. And so even in a fallen world, people who are created in his image can still perform acts of mercy. And Jesus says, blessed, it's more blessed to give than receive. Why? Because when we give, when we bless, the joy of the Holy Spirit springs up within us. When we Fulfill the fruit of the Spirit. There is joy. Because as Paul says, there's no law against love. There's no law against showing mercy. There's no condemnation for one who lives such a life, only blessing. But I think that the main application, the main blessing in this beatitude is that those who are merciful, those characterized by a life of mercy, because they have been shown mercy, will receive mercy from God on the last day. The day when Jesus returns to judge. Because those who are merciful have had faith in the finished work past of Jesus Christ on the cross, where God's wrath was removed from them, it means that when Jesus returns, they will not face his wrath when it comes upon the world. Friends, 
we live at the mercy of God. Every day is a blessing in his grace. An opportunity to live and display the kingdom of God to a world that's watching yet suffering. So let's live lives of mercy in response to such great mercy that we have been shown in the Lord Jesus. And that we will be blessed on that day when the Lord Jesus comes to take us to be with him. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy.